Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We read from 2 Chronicles chapter 19. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem. But Jehu, the son of Hanani the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate Yahweh? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from Yahweh. Nevertheless, some good is found in you, for you destroyed the Asheroth out of the land, and have set your heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat lived at Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, and brought them back to Yahweh, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land and all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Consider what you do, for you judge not for man, but for Yahweh. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of Yahweh be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with Yahweh our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. Moreover, in Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat appointed certain Levites and priests and heads of families of Israel to give judgment for Yahweh and to decide disputed cases. They had their seat at Jerusalem. And he charged them, Thus you shall do in the fear of Yahweh, in faithfulness and with your whole heart. Whenever a case comes to you from your brothers, who live in their cities concerning bloodshed, law, or commandment, statutes, or rules, then you shall warn them that they may not incur guilt before Yahweh, and wrath may not come upon you and your brothers. Thus you shall do, and you will not incur guilt. And behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of Yahweh, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the governor of the house of Judah, in all the king's matters, and the Levites will serve you as officers. Deal courageously, and may Yahweh be with the upright. This is the word of the Lord. So a shorter chapter today, um, reflecting on, at its open, the battle from yesterday's text that Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, had gone up and made an alliance with the king of Israel, gone down, sorry, um, gone north to Samaria, where he made this marriage alliance, and then decided to go to battle with Ahab, king of Israel, against Syria. So he's allied himself with someone who doesn't follow God, and he's fighting a battle with someone who doesn't follow God, and that other king is killed in the battle. But Jehoshaphat lives. That's our start. So that's the idea that Jehoshaphat returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem. So he's escaped Ramoth, Gilead, alive. They lost the battle. King of Israel died. But for now, Jehoshaphat's alive. Then Jehu the son of Hanani. So the prophet Hanani, who had spoken to Asa, Jehoshaphat's father. So at the end of chapter 16, when Asa had trusted in Ben-Hadad of Syria rather than in Yahweh, Hanani the seer, Hanani the prophet, those words are interchangeable in the Old Testament ways, uh, the The prophet came to Asa and told him that what he had done was wrong. And Asa had put him in the stocks in prison. So now we've seen, I guess, over the last three days, we've seen two of God's prophets imprisoned for speaking the truth of God's word. Anyway, this is Hanani's son speaking to Asa's son. So there's a nice parallel there. And what does he say? Should you help the wicked and love those who hate Yahweh? Now, 
Should you love those who hate Yahweh? The answer to that is yes. We are to love our neighbor. We are even to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us, according to our Master Jesus. But the point of the prophet here is that Jehoshaphat should not have allied himself with the king of Israel. He should not have gone to war with the king of Israel as an ally, as an assistant in that war. He should have let Ahab fall on his own. The fact that he was spared is of mercy of God. He allied himself with a king in a battle where the intention of the battle, the purpose of the battle from the divine perspective was the death of Ahab. And he allied himself with him. So it wasn't a good move. However, nevertheless, verse 3, some good is found in you for you destroyed the Asheroth. So he tore down these idols, these things that were used to worship false gods. And so Yahweh is still pleased with him. Jehoshaphat still seeks after the Lord. This is good. So he's made a mistake and he's faced the consequence of his mistake. But he is still still faithful to the Lord. That's the picture from the start of the text. The rest of the text is going to be about overseeing the land of Judah, overseeing, um, judging, caring for the disputes of the people. And it starts with what's happening around Jerusalem, and then it has a paragraph on Jerusalem. There's similarities between the two. So we start with Jehoshaphat living in Jerusalem as the king would in the king's palace. But he goes out amongst the people from Beersheba, which is the southernmost city in Judah, up to the hill country of Ephraim, which, with some conquests from the military before, is the northern border of Judah at this point. So he has gone to his whole kingdom. He has pointed them back to Yahweh to trust in God, and he's left judges throughout the land in all these cities who will judge what is right and just, who will not show partiality, who will not show favoritism, who will not take bribes. This is important to, to think about, and especially your older children can wrestle with this question. What good is a judge that takes bribes? At that point, they're no longer any good. You cannot trust them for anything because they will not, they are not judging rightly. They are judging in behalf of the, on, on behalf of, in favor of, the one who can benefit them the most. So here's this case about a murder, but the murderer, you know, pays a hundred shekels, and so the judge lets him off. What good is that judge? Absolutely not. No good. No use to the people whatsoever. And that's the, the picture here. There is no injustice with Yahweh. So let the fear of Yahweh be upon you. Be careful what you do. God is with you in giving judgment. You judge not for man, but for Yahweh. Some wise words from Jehoshaphat and the encouragement for proper good judges. Then that same thing really is going to come and happen in Jerusalem proper as Jehoshaphat is going to appoint Levites, priests, and various elders, heads of families, to give God's judgments on cases in Jerusalem. So a disputed case might be brought 
from an outlying city to Jerusalem, or there's just a, a great population living in Jerusalem as well. And so he charges them, it's very similar, uh, that they should fear Yahweh, that they should be faithful with their whole heart, and that they should judge in such a way as to not incur guilt. Deal courageously, may Yahweh be with the upright. So judge in fairness, judge rightly. If your your brother brings a case to you concerning bloodshed, so there's been murder, or God's laws or God's statutes, warn them. Teach them what is proper. Teach them what is the way of the Lord, what isn't the way of the Lord, so that they may not incur guilt before Yahweh and wrath come upon you and your brothers. This is not a guarantee, but there certainly are moments in the history of Israel where one man's sin impacts the whole kingdom. That's definitely true in the ways of the king himself, because he leads people astray or or he leads them to faithfulness as a shepherd. It's also true, though, when we think of, for example, a man named Achan back in Joshua chapter 7, that the Israelites, the people of God, entering the promised land, they're supposed to drive out all these other tribes. God has taught them to destroy Jericho completely, take nothing, keep nothing, wipe it out, devote the whole city to destruction. And Achan, one man, chooses to keep some of the goods for himself, takes them home, buries them, hides them in his tent. And so the next battle, when they go against I, AI, they lose. And people die. Like people from Israel die in the battle against I because of Achan's sin. Because he did not follow Yahweh. He did not listen to the Lord's command. So this this idea of sins impacting a whole nation is true. It's not one that we like as individuals living in America, but consider that for a moment. Consider the sins of this nation and how horrid this nation is behaving against the Lord, and we live in it. So pray for the Lord's mercy that he would forgive us for our part in this wickedness, but also pray for the Lord's judgment to fall upon those who are doing evil. Maybe another question to consider discuss as a family would be if you can remember another time in the Old Testament where judges were established over the people, numerous judges to handle the cases that were brought before them, and if any were too difficult for them, that they would bring them before another man and he would judge the hardest cases with the Lord. That would be Moses in the book of Exodus, chapter 18, who, at his father-in-law Jethro's advice, did not continue seeing every case, but set up judges who would judge rightly and not take bribes, so that he could only, so that he would only have to handle the harder cases, and the load would not be too much for him to bear alone. We're not told here why Jehoshaphat dishes it out in the way that he does. Um, but he does divide the work amongst certain leaders, Levites, priests, elders of the people. And he prays 
that the Lord, that Yahweh, would be with the upright. So judge courageously.